Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. We pray that the incorruptible word of God will touch us, cleanse us. Lord, we pray, King of glory, everything slowing us down concerning even our destiny, we come against it this morning. Lord, heat up the house this morning in the name of Jesus. And God's people say it loud, amen. Amen. Let us be seated in God's presence this morning. Now, listen, listen very carefully. You know, every often we can trace our attributes, our features, our weaknesses through our family line. Someone say family line. I say that comfortably. So, in other words, we can identify character traits and spiritual influences that often span several generations. Someone say generations. Now, A godly heritage offers a solid foundation of virtue and faithfulness. But iniquities like anger, lust, gossip, bitterness, greed, they set destructive patterns that need to be recognized and overcome through spiritual vigilance. Someone say vigilance. Say that comfortably, vigilance. Say that powerfully, vigilance. Now, Scripture teaches us that some of our proclivities are passed down unto us from generations. And we have the tendency also to pass that down other generations. So God has asked me this morning to speak to you on the subject matter, generational consequences. Say that powerfully. I say that as if you know what you're talking about. So the choice you make today is the outcome you will face tomorrow. If you make good choices, informed choices, spiritually sound choices, it will lead to positive things. Are you here, somebody? So by contradistinction, if you make choices that are not really great, that is what will happen to your children, to your great-grandchildren tomorrow. Hallelujah, somebody. Now, the Bible in Exodus 20, 20, 3 to 5, Exodus 20, 3 to 5 says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. Now, let's read together going forward. For I... The Lord your God, I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Hallelujah, somebody. Now, the key word there is iniquity. Someone say iniquity. Which is the act of defiance or rebellion against God. Somebody say iniquity. Now, 
The Greek word for iniquity is anomia, which means illegality or wickedness. It comes from another word called anomos, which means a failure to obey the law. So iniquity is doing our own will instead of the will of God. Isaiah, the prophet emeritus, he said, your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So I'm just going to go through a few things this morning. And then on Wednesday, during the Bible study, we'll dig a little bit deeper, even as we go deeper. Look at your neighbor. Are you going to ask, and ask your neighbor, are you going to be here on Wednesday? Glory to God, somebody. Somebody say, yes, Lord. So there are four points I want to share on this topic of generational consequences. And the first point is, iniquities plus the lies of the devil is a dangerous spiritual mix. Your sins and the lies the devil puts inside your head, the video the devil plays inside of you is a dangerous spiritual mix. Now the question you may be asking is that, how should I be suffering from the consequences of the sins or iniquities of my forefathers? But the answer is very simple. Through our bloodline. So I say bloodline. So you got a connection to people ahead of you. And the people coming after you also have a connection with you through the bloodline. Just like the transgressions of Adam gave us our sinful nature, the indiscretions of our forefathers can inflict serious spiritual damage on us. Amen, somebody. Now, if Granddaddy Nelson was a very bitter person, nasty and lustful, there is every chance that grandson Jonathan even will inherit those attributes. If Grandmama Deborah was always yelling at Granddaddy Nelson, Maybe that's why your mom yelled at your dad at every opportunity. So when a parent lives, leads a sinful lifestyle, the kids may actually assume the same lifestyle. Let me give you an example. A couple of years ago, I met a young man in this country, and he had issues with the spirit of pornography. So I was talking to him about the roots of this situation, and the young man said, one night, when he thought everybody was sleeping, he went to the living room. The dad was in the living room. The dad thought everybody was sleeping. So the dad was watching pornography on the TV. And then the young man sat there, was curious, was inquisitive. The dad didn't see him, but he was there watching with the dad. That was the opening the devil used even to overtake him with the spirit of pornography. For several years... He was in that situation. But thank God that God has, God has delivered this young man completely. Because the power of God that delivered him is also here even this morning. Somebody say, yes, Lord. But often we downplay these things. Uh, as traits, as tendencies. We dismiss them as things that do not matter. Well, those are just little lies. I'm just messing around with women. A few glasses of wine will not hurt anybody. But Satan begins to seize on these proclivities. It becomes a pattern. It becomes a trend. 
And then he graduates into strongholds. Someone say strongholds. Now the little lies now becomes the spirit of lies. The messing around with women now becomes the spirit of sexual depravity. And then before you know it, just one or two glasses here and there, it becomes a spirit of alcoholic addiction. And suddenly you discover that you've got a spiritual problem. Is that someone listening here? Glory to God, someone. And then Satan sends his agents after you. The principal agents of Satan, these are demons. These are disembodied spirits operating through human hosts. And the whole process could have been triggered by what happened a hundred years ago. Is that somebody listening this afternoon? Glory to God, somebody. Now, I was reading the book of, written by a pastor in Texas. The pastor said his father died from a heart attack. Quite a few of his uncles died. His mother had the problem with his heart. So this pastor was actually expecting that at some point he will have a heart attack. Every morning he wakes up. The devil will be singing that song into his system. And he will almost be expecting to have a heart attack. What you, what you expose yourself to is what will happen to you. At 46, the pastor had his first heart attack. But he knew about the word of God. So he went to the doctor. The doctor said, well, it's not really a surprise. I believe you will even have more heart attacks. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for their training. Thank God for their insight. But the report of the doctor is not the final report. Glory to God, somebody. We got a father in heaven. He has the last, last say in our situation. Because the doctor says you will have a heart attack, doesn't mean that you will have a heart attack. There is, oh Jesus, there is somebody here. Your mother died of a liver issue. And you are thinking, maybe that is what will kill me. The Lord says, that will not kill you. In the name of Jesus. We need to actively resist the lies of the devil. There are some people in this great state of New Jersey that cannot drive. Because they are too afraid even to drive. Imagine in this city, in this state, you don't drive. You will never be who God wants you to be. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, every spirit of fear, we will destroy it. We will expel them. We will expunge them. In the name of Jesus, somebody say, yes, Lord. There is power of God in this place. And I believe things that are not right, God will put them right. If you believe that, say, yes, Lord. Point number two. We will do a few things. We will sing a song, then we will pray. Point number two. Generational issues give Satan a clear opening to invade your home. Hallelujah, somebody. Now, living in sin, dwelling in sin, is like saying to Satan, I am inviting you, I am, I am giving you the license to come in and overrun my home. Have you noticed that certain spirits run through certain homes? Uh, the homes of the Jones uh, may be the spirit of death or suicide. Uh, the home of the Johnsons uh, may be the spirit of strife. Uh, the homes of the Ollas may be the spirit uh, 
even of violence or something else. You have issues with, with your wife. Maybe you are fighting some generational issues. You look around, you see your aunties, you see your uncles, you see your nieces. Everyone is divorced or about to be divorced. You got to be uh, vigilant. Someone say be vigilant. There are some people that can't hold down jobs. You got a job, two months, three months, five months, and then we look at your resume, it's just like short, short assignments here and there. You may be fighting some generational issues. Amen, somebody. Uh, you discover that your husband doesn't love you anymore. It is not because you are no longer beautiful. It's not just because you, you are earning more than him. Uh, maybe you are fighting the spirit in his family. That is why the singles, I beseech you by the mercies of God, be very careful into the house you are marrying. Are you here, somebody? I thought I had an encouraging amen. amen. You know, some people are very happy before they got married. But they got married into a family, and then peace, no more. Glory to God, somebody. Your kids come up with something strange you can't even understand. It may be that there are some issues in your husband's or your wife's ancestral homes. Your kids are tied up in things you don't understand, they don't understand. You couldn't figure it out. You created a new family with your wife. Now you came to the family with your demons. She comes to the family with her demons. So you, glory to God, son. <laughs> so you got a confluence of demons. And your kids are tied into something they don't even understand. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, there shall be deliverance. You didn't get that. Maybe these people around here will get that. I say by the power of the Holy Spirit, there shall be deliverance. Amen. Glory to God, somebody. Jesus. A, a, a preacher was uh, talking about a woman who came with a six-year-old boy for prayers. So the pastor now was asking the woman, how come this boy is manifesting this kind of behaviors? So the pastor was asking about the pregnancy. So the woman said, I actually followed a friend of mine to somebody in New York. They call them a, a spiritualist. So I followed a friend of mine to this person. And the spiritualist said, you're pregnant. I can actually look at a few things and tell you the, the, the sex of the baby. So the, the woman said, that's, that's okay. So the, the, the spiritualist brought out a pendulum. And says, if the pendulum swings this way, it will be a boy. If it swings another way, it will be a girl. If it gets suspended in the middle, then there's an issue. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Now, the, the Bible says, wherever the soul of your feet shall touch, you shall possess. So if your soles of your feet, if you carry yourself to a spiritualist, you are taking something out of there. That is not your portion. So lo and behold, the pendulum got suspended in the middle. Now, this kid didn't do nothing wrong. So the pastor said, you are messing around with the occult. That is what you have passed down, even to your son. But they prayed, and by the power of God, that boy was delivered. <laughs> Glory to God, son. Now, in the household of Abraham, 
there was a spirit of deceit. Two times Abraham told a lie about his wife, Sarah, that this woman was my sister. My God. Isaac that wasn't even born when he told the lie, told the same lie even about his wife. Rebecca and her son, Jacob, they schemed to deceive Isaac into giving Jacob the firstborn blessings that rightfully belonged to Esau, which makes Rebecca a trickster. I don't know. Maybe if Rebecca wasn't married into that home, maybe she would be good. I don't know. Hallelujah, somebody. But Rebecca, she was a trickster, a racketeer, and a liar who manipulated her own kids. And Jacob was a rabble rouser, a con man, who took advantage of his dad's failing eyesight to deceive him. That didn't end there. Decades later, someone said decades later, the children of Jacob, they deceived him when they sold their brother, the young man with a coat of many colors, to the Ishmaelites. They said, all is well with our brother. Do you understand that all this started with granddaddy Abraham? Now listen. Abraham was wealthy. Abraham was a man of faith. The Bible says Abraham, God speaks to him. At some point when God was willing to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible says God said, I can't do this thing without talking to my son Abraham. So Abraham was actually written in the hall of faith. Yet, this spirit afflicted him. Just because you're a prayer warrior. Just because you sing very well in the choir. Just because you're a minister doesn't shield you from this kind of spirit. By the lift of your right hand, by the power of God in this place, every spiritual cobwebs that is delaying your prosperity, that is delaying you, that is stripping dignity away from you, I cancel them, I render them null and void, and of no effect. In the name of Jesus. I thought I would have a better amen. Amen. In the household of David was a spirit of lust and debauchery. David was anointed. The Bible says when David would begin to play his harp, the Bible says even the evil spirit upon Saul would depart temporarily. We showed you how anointed David was. But he was dysfunctional. He was ostracized by his father, Joseph. And the enemy saw an opening and planted a seed. The Bible says David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem. Even at some point, when he was old, the Bible says his servants, they brought a young woman. The Bible historian says the woman would be about 12 years old. A kid, actually, for the king to sleep with. And when the king couldn't sleep with that woman, they said the king is dead. Hallelujah, somebody. David at that point, according to historians, will be about 70 years old. But he had lived the life of, lifestyle of three people so that at that point, he was washed out. Are you here, somebody? You know the story of Bathsheba and David. Now, one of the sons of David was Absalom, who was treacherous. And the Bible says Absalom spread a tent upon the roof and slept in the open with his father's concubines. It started with his father. The Bible talks about Ebnon, who raped Tamar, even his sister. 
And Solomon, the Bible says at some point he had about a thousand women in the house. Seven hundred women, seven hundred wives, three hundred concubines. A single person. Glory to God, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Just one person. The man of wisdom, right? The king. He had so many strange women that they lost control of the kingdom. You may be wise. You may be wise. You may have wisdom. But that doesn't mean this, that Satan, Satan will not come after you. All because there was a spirit of lust in the house. And that passed through down to generations. I don't know the spirit in your father's, mother's, that is generation. But today, somebody said today. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't get that. Somebody said today. You will walk out of here free. Amen. 16 people got that. I said today you are walking out of here free. Amen. Oh, I said today you are walking out of here free. In the name of Jesus. You see, sometimes we got to say enough is enough. I am not my daddy. I am who I am. And I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am made in the image of God. I got to live my life the way God wants me to live my life. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Lord. Point number three. Satan's grand ambition extends to territories. Somebody say territories. Now, the Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So Satan accuses us before the Father. And Satan shows us that we are guilty. Uh, have you prayed today? There is a line in your resume that is wrong. Because of that, even though you got the job, they will look back at your resume and fire you. And the devil will just be toying with us. Satan is ruthless, crafty, highly organized, just planning to take hold of our lives. Now, Satan is not just interested in individuals. If that's your understanding, then you have a very narrow understanding. Satan is very ambitious. He wants to control territories and dominate regions. The Bible says, we wrestle not against, but, but against what? Against principalities and power. These are called supramundane powers. Now, a principality is a seat of authority of the region that the fallen angel has authority over. So a prince, someone say prince, rules over a principality. So the king rules over a kingdom. And the Bible talks about the prince of the air, about the prince of Persia. So in other words, Satan has organized things in the spirit. It's not just about Africa. It's not about Caribbean. There are all kinds of spirits, even all over the world. Wherever you can find the spiritualists, uh, witch doctors, tarot card readers, astrologers, there is a demonic influence there. Very similar to what was happening in Samaria, where we read in Acts of Apostle 8. The Bible there talks about uh, uh, Simon, the sorcerer. Now, when Jesus spoke to the man that had demonic influence in Mark 5, the Bible says that the, the man living in the tomb of Gadarenes, uh, this demon, the demons with an S inside the man, they were actually begging Jesus. Jesus, we don't want you to expel us from this area. Suffer us not to go away. 
but into the heart of swine. They were saying, Jesus, it is okay if you cast us out of this man, but we are happy to remain in this territory. We got something good going on here. We are comfortable in this territory. Things are okay here. We're happy to leave the man, but we just want to remain in the territory. Now, Satan is highly organized. There's a force even with Satan. So when Jesus asked the man, what is your name? Talking to the, to the demon. What did he say their name was? Legion, meaning Legion is a division of the Roman army. Sometimes up to 6,000 people. So inside a single person. 6,000 demons. Walking inside a single person. My God. Jesus. Now, if you know a little bit about soldiers, you know soldiers are very organized. So the, the devil is not chaotic. It's not disorderly. He knows the scriptures that the house divided against itself will not stand. The devil knows that. Have you heard of principalities fighting principalities? Okay, maybe this, uh, this time maybe they've heard. Have you heard about, they can keep, have you heard about principalities fighting principalities? Or demons walking against demons? But in church, Baptists will be fighting Methodists. One minister will be fighting another minister. Somebody will say, the way she's looking at me is very funny. Uh, she came in from that door, I will come in through this door. Because we don't know the power of unity. Glory to God, somebody. The Bible says, let there be some order. God is not the author of confusion. Let everything be done decently and in order. Let there be unity in the church. Otherwise, the devil will be having a field day. Are you here, somebody? And I pray that the devil will not have a field day on your account in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Point number four. Dining with the devil is an invitation to Satan. You know, some of us will say, to, to dine with the devil, you need a... I don't care how long your spoon is. The devil has a, a longer and more powerful spoon. So don't even go there at all. Hallelujah, somebody. It's like saying you, you go to a casino to, to, to gamble, right? There's a saying that you cannot win against the house. So in other words, you win $10 today, but by the time you go there tomorrow, you lose $100. That is the same thing with Satan. Now, Deuteronomy 18 says from verse 10, There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his sons, his son or daughter as an offering. Anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or a charmer, or a medium, or a necromancer, basically those who have consultations with the dead, or one who inquires of the dead. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. So if you're in the habit of consulting a sorcerer, you're in a habit of a sticking out your palm to be read, the Bible says you are an abomination unto the Lord. And I am saying you are dining with the devil. And that may end in tears, not just for you, but also for your kids and also for your grandkids. Are you here, somebody? Now, 
do you know how many parents take their kids to sorcerers? Maybe they need a job, they need a wife, they need a husband. The parent thought, look, this thing is just getting too slow. Let's find somebody who can quicken this thing. Hallelujah, somebody. I met a young woman several years ago, about 10, 11 years ago. The woman, she graduated and she couldn't find a job. And his mom said, uh, somebody introduced me to a prophet. Let's go see the prophet. The prophet will pray for you and you'll get a job. So they went to the prophet, but the young woman said the way she saw the atmosphere, it wasn't prophet-like. But the prophet said, that's not a problem. I will pray for you. You will get a job. And on the anniversary every year of the time you got the job, you'll be bringing me some returns. Now, let me tell you this. Whatever the, the, the relationship with the devil is often transactional. So whatever the devil gives you, he will take 100 times in return. Are you here, somebody? Glory to God, somebody. Now, let, let me give an example. A couple of weeks ago, my son was stopped. He sent me a text that he was stopped by the cops when he was driving. He didn't tell me why, but I knew why. <laughs> so the cops were asking questions, and they were asking about his insurance. So the guy didn't bother about the insurance at all because he knew daddy would have taken care of the insurance. He didn't bother because he knew I couldn't allow him to be driving without insurance, right? He knew daddy would have taken care of it. So the same thing, our relationship with Jesus we're getting the blessings of God, the miracles of God. We're not thinking about the price because Daddy Jesus has taken care of it. Are you here, somebody? You didn't get that. I said, Daddy Jesus has taken care of it. Glory to God, somebody. My God. So this woman, there was an exchange in the spirit realm. So the woman left, the young woman left, and then she got the job a couple of months later. She said, I don't even believe that it was that prophet. She just wrote off the prophet. She got the job. And then on the anniversary of the day when she was meant to do that exchange, stuff started happening in her life. At some point, she couldn't sleep for weeks. And if somebody couldn't sleep for weeks, you can tell that that is this, the legion. Because the man by the, living by the tombs of the Gatherings, the Bible says day and night he was cutting himself. Hallelujah, somebody. This woman was messed up spiritually. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. But by the Spirit of God, she was delivered. I said, by the Spirit of God, she was delivered. Amen. Now, you can argue that the mom had good intentions. But a good intention doesn't negate the outcome of an evil event. I don't know the kind of agreement you've made or your parents have made. I don't know the kind of covenant that has been reached on your account. But the Bible says, Jesus, all power in heaven and on earth has been given unto Jesus. And by that power of Jesus, we will cancel such agreement. Amen. I say, by the power of that name, we will cancel such agreement. Amen. I say, by the power of the name of Jesus, we shall cancel the agreement. Amen. In the name of Jesus. 
The Bible says Simon the sorcerer, my God, he had taken over the city. He thought he owned the city. There are some people who thought they own your life. It is a lie. It is a lie of the devil. I say it is a lie of the devil. And the Bible says when Philip dispersed, even from Jerusalem, he got into Samaria. My God, he stepped into the sin and with the power of God. And the Bible says with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. And many who are paralyzed or lame, they were healed. See, the interesting thing about the situation in Samaria was that it was a generational issue. Someone say generational. What was transpiring when Philip got there had the, 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 the roots could be traced to several, several years before. The Bible says in 1 Kings 16, Ahab, you remember Ahab? The husband of that evil woman called Jezebel who was around when the prophet, the eagle eye prophet, Elisha, was uh, doing wonderful things. The Bible says Ahab built an altar for Baal even in Samaria. Before Ahab, his father Omri had been doing all kinds of things concerning occults. So Samaria was being ruled by powers and principalities. But we thank God for the power of God through Philip. The Bible says Philip, he preached. And even the witch, Simon, he believed. Hallelujah, somebody. He turned the city of Samaria around. And the Bible says there was joy in the city. We will turn the city of Roselle around. I say we will turn around even the city of Roselle. In this great state of New Jersey, we will proclaim the power of God and witches will believe. I say witches will believe. I say sorcerers, they will bow even to the name of Jesus. Somebody say yes, Lord. I prophesy joy into your life. I decree joy into your life. I come against every anxiety in your life. In the name of Jesus. Now, while it may be our ancestors who committed iniquities, we are predisposed to their errors, and we should be alert to these inclinations. But there is good news. Someone say there is good news. The Bible says in Colossians 2, having disarmed, the principalities and powers. So in other words, whatever they think they have, whatever hold they think they have in your life, Jesus has disarmed them. The Bible says uh, he not only disarmed them in secret, he made the public spectacle of them. He nailed them to the cross. I want you to rise on your feet even this morning. I want you to rise on your feet this morning. The choir will lead us in a song. And the last few minutes we have, we will pray. And God will do what he only is able to do. And I just want you to lift up your voices right now and begin to claim your victory. There are some things you may not understand. The Bible says, Nehemiah, when he prayed, he first prayed for the forgiveness of the sins of his fathers before even things started happening. Lift up your voices and begin to say that word. Begin to, begin to, begin to claim the word of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I want you to listen to this song. Listen to it. Let it get inside of you, not just in your head. Jesus. There is power Jesus. in the name of Jesus. Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. 
along if you know break something. every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's Yeah. I am losing my voice. I can 
feel the power of God. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Claim it. Oh, I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can't even. My voice is going. Every spirit of rejection. Every spirit of rejection. I cancel it. By the fire of the Holy One. Every spirit of poverty. Starting something. And never completing it. I also Holy Spirit, help us. Help us here this afternoon. Say, Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. The power of God is, is around here. I wish you can feel it. Begin to declare every covenant, everything that is not of God in my family line. I disconnect myself. I disconnect myself. I disconnect myself. It is not just about me. It is about my kids. I don't want this. Oh, come, come, come. Yes, every spirit of despair, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of despair, every spirit of death, every suicidal spirit by the fire of the Holy Ghost, I come against them. I come against them. The devil has been rejoicing, saying, I got him where I wanted him. But in the name of Jesus, we are here without a fixed notice. Devil, your lie is over. Devil, your hold over the life of your people. It is over. It is over. It is over. I cast you out of every house. I cast you out of every circumstances. Every foul spirit begins to get out. There are stuff buried in your grandmother's house that is slowing your progress. Today, God is setting you free. Some of us, we've been caused by rape. Some of us, we've been caused by molestation. When you are young, uncles, fathers, rape you. Robobos, evil words spoken against you. Some of you, even your mother, will say she will amount to nothing. He will amount to nothing. By the power of God, I come against him. In the name of Jesus, every storm behind the situation in your life, I come against it. Every spirit of addiction, alcoholic abuse, my God, every sex demon. You you go to bed at night. You cannot even sleep. You'll be having intercourse even with demons at night. Today, God is I said today, God is setting you free. In the name of Jesus, my God, Baba. Every perverted spirit disrupted even your life. Every spirit of depravity, every spirit of deceit and fear by the fire of God, by the fire of the Holy Spirit, lift up your voices and claim your freedom. Lift up your voices and claim your freedom. The chains are breaking. Chains are broken over your kids, over your children. Chains are breaking. Chains are broken. You are coming out. You are coming out. I say you are coming out. Chains are being broken. I can hear the chains falling. 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 Somebody has been set free. You got to see yourself walking out of that situation. Robo-bo-se-ke-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-